The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaos. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you again for joining us for the episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and I am here with my amazing cast for Masks of Nerolothotep. And we approach the sleepy and verdant village of Adele this evening. So what we'll do before we get started is go through our introductions uh, to my right. This is uh, Lonnie. I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth. And uh, yeah. I have nothing more to say without a lawyer. That's that's probably a sound plan. Uh, to his right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and we're in a car. We are, absolutely, at the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and um, I, I really hope this isn't a Hound of the Baskerville situation. Whatever. I I can't. My lips are sealed, at least until they're not. Uh, to Jake's right. This is James. I'll uh, be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, and um, he secretly wishes we had taken the train. Mm, yeah. Well, he's German, so he likes the things, likes everything to kind of run on time in that regard, so I can see where he's going to be. You know. Anyway, uh, to uh, the doctor's right. This is Tiffany, and I play Maeve O'Shea, and um, there were creepy children. It's and true. And I'm not okay it's... with that. Well... You're not there anymore, so I'm sure that they didn't follow you in the night waiting. We don't know that. Watching. That's true, we don't. They're not clinging to the roof of the car. <laughs> or, or the undercarriage, for that matter. But last but most certainly not least. My name is Alex. I'll be playing Simone Gourget, and I still don't think the car was a bad idea. I just think it was a bad idea to let Forsyth drive. Yeah, I, the rolls last week are evident of that alone. Okay. Your approach to this village is relatively uneventful. The hills roll for a considerable amount of time before you arrive there. Uh, they are, this is as a pastoral landscape as you could imagine. Uh, there are rolling hills and short stone fences that dot the landscape. There are livestock and farmland as far as the eye can see. The village itself, as you begin to kind of trundle down with the car uh, towards the village, the village doesn't seem very large at all. I mean, there can't be more than a handful of houses as far as you see it. Getting to the village itself is a challenge. And so 
what I'm going to ask for whomever is driving, I assume that at this point, Simone is driving. I'm going to want a drive roll only because the roads here are not meant for cars. Not really. Big failure, 87 or 55. All right, very good. Very, very good. Sure. You complain about my driving. So you see a problem ahead in the road, and that is a large group of sheep. And you think very quickly. And your first thought is to pull over because you don't want to endanger these sheep. And so you pull off because that's the smart and sensible thing to do. You've been around farmers numerous times. Maybe not sheep farmers per se, but livestock for sure. But it's not the livestock that give you the problem. It's the soft shoulder that you try to pull off onto. And yet again, you fall into this muck. And so the car, for everybody that's in it, lurches heavily to the right. Probably a good 15 to 20 degree angle. So you you list really hard. People go all sorts of places. There are no rolls required per se, because I assume anyways that folks are probably still in their seats. Uh, but it is definitely jarring for everybody to get just completely jostled. Is everyone all right? You know, you probably should have let us drive like Maeve or I, even though I might not know how to drive. Perhaps, perhaps in the future, they'll have some way to restrain people to their seats from falling on me. Climb out of the car and survey the situation. Well, it, it looks to like... The, to the blaring of sheep. <laughs> yeah. It looks like the, the point that you're at, it appears anyway... Uh, that you've just come around a long right turn. Uh, and you can see the village down below there. It's probably can't be more than 100 yards to the center of the village. Uh, you see small farms and then some larger buildings there. You see a church. But uh, but yeah, the, the farmer, you know, dog and uh, cane in hand, kind of taps his sheep past you and shakes his head and keeps tapping and the dogs bark and they come and bark at the car for a minute and he whistles the dog without uh, without as much as a word to you. And they head back to curtailing the sheep. I think uh, I think this car is pretty well stuck now. So uh, perhaps uh, secure some of the luggage and head into the village. I will try to figure out what to do about it. Well, do I try to get unstuck first? I mean, how bad does it look right now? Does it look like I'll have to get something to drag us out? Um, you're thinking that that's probably likely. Either that or, you know, you could redouble your efforts from the other day, um, seeing as that you you and Forsyth and Mr. Doyle were able to, to push the car out last time. It's possible that you'd be able to do it again. Uh, we can give it a go before, uh, before you go. Well, I mean, we might as well try. I'll open up the back doors and kind of gesture for people to get out. Amble out, grab my bag. No, get out. I climb out. It's not raining this time, right? It is not raining <laughs> as of currently, uh, but the clouds overhead seem to foretell that it may start in the future. I will give my umbrella to uh, Sigmund again, and then go around to the front of the car. Don't Aye. Alright, let's, let's see what we can do. Remove jacket, roll up sleeves. So if you are going to attempt to get the car unstuck, that is a strength roll. 33 under 60. 69 over 60. Hmm. All right. Uh, 45 over 55. All right. So that is two successes. So the three of you collectively do manage after probably five or so minutes to use this soft shoulder uh, in the right way. And uh, even though the, there's gravel all over the place and, and dirt now, uh, you do manage to get the car unstuck again. I will pause for applause. Just for the future. Uh, just for future note, Mr. Granger. Um, when something like that happens, rather than pull off the road like you would on a paved road, it's better just to stop right there since no one's going by us anyways. 
I just kind of keep walking around to the driver's side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Insult my driving, will they? I mean, it's pretty bad. Doctor climbs back into the back of the car with a chuckle. From where we are on the road, does it look like there's a, I don't know, a decent gravel patch, something to use as a parking spot for this thing further down the road near the town? Or You have pretty good eyesight, so you'd say probably from, from where you are, there's definitely space further town for vehicles. It doesn't look like this place is completely devoid of vehicles, but it obviously the roads here are just not made for them on a regular basis. There's no pavement here. Uh, just down a, a bit, what you see is that there is a, an inn down there. At least it, that's what you think it is. It's probably 50, 75 yards from where you're at now. And there's definitely a uh, enough space there to park a vehicle. Okay. I will whisper a silent prayer to myself and start the car again. Give me a luck roll. Uh, three over 40. Oh, she starts right up. No issue. I take it very slowly and gently <laughs> into town. Yep. I won't even force you a drive roll. It's not necessary with that kind of luck, dreams and all that. Uh, you slowly and securely move into town. Uh, this is the definition of a sleepy English village. It really is. Uh, every postcard you've seen from back home, every hand-drawn uh, image that you had in a textbook about what English villages looked like, they are are all carbon copies of the things that you see around you. Um, you come upon one of the first big buildings that you come upon here in uh, Adele is what looks to be an inn. You can see a big sign uh, hanging out front and there seems to be it, it appears to be a horse that uh, that's on the front of the sign and it also looks like there's flames coming out of the nose and the mouth and the eyes and you can tell in that very distinctive old English script it says laughing horse and that's when the rain begins of course well at least that's stuck on the road uh, I look for a place to pull off. Oh, yeah, right there. I mean, the, the there isn't so much a parking lot per se, um, but the Laughing Horse Inn has a lot of basically dirt and or gravel that is outside of it. I would say it's a just given your rough estimate, you probably you could probably safely park eight to ten vehicles here just by the size. Okay, well, I find a decent location out of the way stop the car and then I will get out and survey damages what's everybody else doing clamor out of the car and uh, head to at least to the side of the building that has some sort of protection from the rain yeah there's uh, an overhang oh no, wait I, have, I still have the umbrella actually I'll stand out next to the car I'll open the umbrella and wait for the ladies to get out sounds gentlemanly of you sir yes I will uh, get out under the umbrella same. You get out under the umbrella. The pitter-patter of rain begins to kind of pick up. You hear a uh, distant rumble beyond the hills that you see. It seems that there's a thunderstorm brewing on its way. It looks like uh, the hills in question are definitely to the north. There's actually quite a few larger hills here. You survey the car for a couple of minutes. Having just been over it probably within the past 24 hours, Alex, you don't really see anything that appears to be significant as far as damage. It looks like basically it got muddy and dirty again. And what it'll probably need at some point is to have some of that mud removed. And just to make sure it doesn't get into the, the wheel joints or anything like that. Yeah, that's something I was able to tend to in the carport last time. I'll, right. uh, I'll let the rain handle it for now. Uh, do we know who... Uh... This person we are supposed to meet up with, or we were looking to question you? He's the blacksmith. They have a blacksmith? Or wheelwright, I believe. Uh, Mr. Short is who we're looking for. Yeah, that's that's why I interchange wheelwright with blacksmith, because quite frankly, in a lot of the smaller communities and stuff like that, you didn't have anybody who sold wheels, you know. Right, yeah, they had to be made. They had to be made, or if they if they bent or whatever from the crappy roads, then 
literally you would have to take them to a blacksmith and he would hammer them back into shape. So maybe we should go inside the inn and ask where this Herald Short is? Well, first acquire some lodgings at least, so that that way, because this might take a few days. So are there rooms connected to the inn, Mike? Yeah, so the inn itself is a, is a two-story location. And so it does appear like there are there is space here for accommodations. Sweet. Escort the ladies inside. Okay. Yeah, the rain picks up as the group of you kind of file in. It doesn't appear like it's, it's not a, you know, big double door where everybody can walk in at the same time. You kind of have to file in. It's like a pub in that regard, except that this pub has a bunch of rooms on top of it. This pub kind of speaks to the last pub you were in in the sense that it's laid out in very similar fashion. It has a, a wide floor. You see a, a large, uh, well-worn bar uh, that's well that seems like it's well taken care of. Uh, there's about six or seven people here uh, at this point in the day. It's actually trended on to about uh, evening hours, so while not late at night, the rain with the cloud cover makes it feel later than it is. Um, there's a roaring fire and uh, a couple of guys on the uh, one, one part of the area are they seem to be playing some sort of dice game you're not really sure specifically but they're they were appearing you know laughing and carrying on uh, as the, the two of you went in who went in first by the way I go in first and open the door hold the door you hop in first and, and hold the door for the rest of them to get through uh Jack, when you first step through the door, you can hear a, not raucous, but a, you know, reasonable murmur of chatter and talk back and forth. Uh, and then as the umbrella uh -oh. comes in and the ladies come in, the place gets quiet. Sigmund, you and Lillian and Maeve were kind of greeted by silence and a pretty steady stream of eyeballs looking your way. Nod and smile to them, uh and then head over to the bar. I will uh, keep my eyes down and uh, just follow Sigmund. Okay. You um, head to the bar. You can see that there are some, there are a few chairs here uh, assorted that you can get your hands on uh, and butts on if that's the, uh, the aim. Uh, you see that the lower part of the bar has been blessed by, not a brass rail by any means, but uh, kind of a thick piece of wood for you to set your finger, your, uh, your feet on. Uh, and then behind the bar, there's uh, just a few a few not knickknacks, but uh, you see a, a few uh, local uh, pictures. You see a couple of news reports just from maybe 20 or 30 years ago when someone here uh, won a contest or something like that. Uh, you see a gentleman probably uh, I'd say late 40s, maybe early 50s. Shorter man, thin, brown hair, generally uh, fair complexion, clean shaven. He uh, steps up. Can I help you? Rooms, eh? He looks at you and then looks at Sigmund. Uh, well, he kind of looks the group of you over. Um, I think we can, I think we can accommodate you. I just passing through then. Uh, we'll be here for a couple of days. Maybe. All right. Uh, it's two and six per night. Breakfast is included. Okay. I'll have Alice help you with the room. See? looks over and you see his uh, this woman comes out of the back and she's broad shouldered probably two or three inches taller than he is she's wearing a kitchen apron very simple attire after that she's got kind of shock red hair uh, that's tied up and then has a, a white cover on it oh we have guests she politely looks at you and then moves past you with the dinner plates that she has in her hands. 
And then she calls over her shoulder. I'll be right with you. Just give me a moment. Uh, so, uh, what can I get you to drink? Have a beer. And you ladies. Can I get a water, please? Water? <laughs> sure. I'll see if I can fetch some from the kitchen. You, sir. I gesture to Jake's beer. He turns and, and um, nods at you and, and you. Uh, beer, please. All right, then. And you miss. He looks at you, Miss O'Shea. I get, um, do you have orange juice? Uh, no. Um, but I could probably find you some cranberry juice. I'll be fine. Thank you. Then he pours a few beers and then sets them up. And then he gets ready to go back in the kitchen and then he stops. And he turns to you, Simon. I'm actually hanging out by the door where the bags are, kind of keeping an eye on the place. I was going to ask if there was a... I mean, I know that there's probably going to be, like, murmuring and stuff about, you know, our arrival or what have you. Um, But I kind of want to watch the room. So is is, is anybody eyeballing us or our stuff? The guy behind the bar is eyeballing you for sure. But not in an unpleasant way, per se. Um, I'll give him a nod. Um, I'll take my hat off. He continues back into the back kitchen area. You see Alice come back around the front and she uh, stops in front of you and says, Oh, are you staying? Talking to me? Yes, she's talking directly to you. Uh, yes, I believe my friends are uh, getting the, uh, the rooms. Uh, mm. I'm merely waiting to bring the bags upstairs. Oh, of course. Let me get you the keys. She goes around back behind the bar and you hear her jingle and jangle with a few things and then eventually comes up with uh, some keys. All right. uh, It's two and six, as uh, Michael said. She kind of looks between the group. Is she looking for money? Yeah. All right. I hand her money for all the rooms. You hand her money. That's... Wonderful. I throw it at her. I throw it. <laughs> no. Giant handful of cash. <laughs> have money units. Take it. Go. Right. She takes the coins from you. Hmm. All right, then. You hungry? Do you want something to for supper? That would be wonderful. My eyes perk up at the mention of food. I've had a nice roast on all day. Uh, I'll get you some carrots and potatoes as well. Just uh, make yourself comfortable. And uh, don't mind this lot. She points over to the two or three guys that are playing dice. They're full of piss and wind. Turns away and goes back in the kitchen. Potatoes. Yes. (laughs) You guys get settled. You get the keys to the rooms, Sigmund. So if you want to go deliver the bags, you can do that. Fantastic. Or you can have Simon do it, depending upon... Uh, give him a hand. Why not? I'd like to check carrying, out the room. I'm carrying what I can. Um, you realize that Miss O'Shea's bags are far more heavy than you first expected. <laughs> they, they are easily twice as heavy as your bags. It's almost like she carries a whole library in there or something. Just kind of, kind of murmur to myself as I tote this monstrosity at the stairs. No, but people keep giving me books. It's less Kindle and more Kindling. So the rest of you are down on the level, and uh, are you going to take up a table then, or are you going to sit at the bar? I think a table's best. Table. Okay. You guys find at the other end of the bar, there is a round table, one of the only larger ones, and you think that you could probably fit maybe three or four of you there, but if you pull over another table, you probably have enough space for, for the rest of you. Oh, so we can, like, be even more standout by going... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think Maeve and I should do that. Come on, Maeve, let's move the table. You figured that out, <laughs> did you? Okay. <laughs> the, the bar doesn't really even get back to the same hum level that you entered with, Jake. Things take a little while to get back to any semblance of normal. Yeah. But then they do. 
a lady the, the lady comes back out Alice comes Alice comes back out with the food and she starts putting plates on the table and this stuff smells amazing thank you so much for the food of course you've been, I assume you've been on the road a while huh uh, a, a while mm. it feels like days so uh, tell me what uh, what brings you to our village I'm just looking at everybody else like you gonna tell her or am I <laughs> do it Maeve my mouth is very full very very full at all times you guys drop the bags off so you can come back down when you need to uh, we're looking for somebody maybe you know him oh really that's possible yeah we're looking for a gentleman by the name of Harold Short you see her countenance kind of dim a bit I don't think you'll find Harold around here not for some time did he disappear oh no no of course not if you're looking for Harold you must know what what happened to him um he was attacked by a rabid dog Harold unfortunately had uh well he had a run in with a dog and God love him the local constables taking care of the dog but Harold was hurt pretty pretty badly and so he's he's gone to uh, to the, the west to recuperate do you know where he was attacked at or where his was it at his family homestead she seems to genuinely stop and, and think for a moment hmm. well if memory serves correctly, I think Harold was just down the way, right? Just just outside the Osgood farm, yes? She turns around and she looks back. Marcus. Harold Short, she says, and you hear people again stop and look and turn around. What, where exactly was he, you know, where'd the beast get him at? She almost kind of chuckles says his name I'm going to watch the room for reactions for sure people react to when she says when she invokes Harold's name I guess what I'm saying is I I can understand like people being curious um, I'm looking for anyone who has a more uh, passionate response mm, okay um, that's probably a psychology role if you're really looking into trying to get something out of them. Psychology? No. You don't know if it's because they're hiding something or if it's because they have genuine concern for him, Um, but it's hard to tell whether or not their concern is for Harold or their concern is for Alice bringing it up. Uh, You see a strapped middle-aged man. He's probably a farmer. He's dressed uh, to suit the fit. And he says, uh, yeah, he's, we found him not far from the edge of the village. Just by the Osgood place, yeah. Beast nearly turned him inside out. Sounds dreadful. Did they catch it? Did they catch it? Yeah. Uh, good old Constable Turnbull caught it. <laughs> he turns back to his beer. Alice turns to you. He means Tumwell. The <laughs> local the local police. Uh, he's a good man. He's, he doesn't have much to do here. And when all this happened a few months ago, people got real upset. And, uh, well, they had the people have their opinions. And she turns to, to leave. The so-called near the Osgood place? Yes, just up the road. She kind of points in a general direction. This this good owns the property there. Is it a farm or a business? Uh, it's a farm. Merci. Uh, the food is uh, c'est magnifique, Madame. Oh, uh, she kind of pauses for a moment. Uh, thank you. You see a uh, rather long, lanky man come over. You ask me, no dog walks around on his 
back paws. Not like I've seen. Eating slows down. Back paws, you say? Aye. Back paws. Perhaps you could uh, sit down and regale us with your story. Well, I, uh, I have been known to tell a tale or two. Sure, he sits down. Have a beer. I gesture to the bartender to bring uh, him around. He's, 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 he has a mug in hand, but... Well, uh, this would have been a few months ago, but I was leaving here. Must have been... Must have been just past... I think it was nine. Yes, just past nine. Uh, and I walked uh, out that door there and kind of begrudgingly points to it. And I headed back to my house... And on the way there, through the fog and through the brush there, in the little glen just beside the church, I saw it. If it hadn't been for the moon, I would have never seen it. But I saw it there. It must have been as big as a man and half again. He kind of points to you, Doyle. His size, but, but twice as big. And... There it was, and it gave a great bay at the moon, and it howled. I'd never heard anything like that before. And then it skulked right off. Constable says that he shot a mad dog. I don't believe it. He drinks his beer. So you've come about the beast, then? Yeah, you could say that. I just did. No one else has been attacked since Mr. Short has, have they? Not that we're aware of. I haven't heard anything. You see a uh, another pair of gentlemen come over. Don't bother with him, they say, pointing to the tall man. He's the sort of fellow who say, beware of the full moon. And hear them, the three of them begin going back and forth, trading um, curses and, you know, put-downs. The door opens to the inn and a couple come in. You can tell that it's must be the rain outside must have picked up quite a bit. They look over at the table, and then one of them heads to the bar, and one of them heads over towards the group that now has a fairly growing presence at it. Gentlemen, could uh, do us the favor and no longer impugn upon our guest? We were uh, mulling over his story. I stare at him. <laughs> they, uh, they, they take your point. And then they move along. You see the tall man kind of looks at you, Maven, says, don't be walking around these parts at night under the full moon. You end up ripped up like poor Lydia. I, I could. Lydia? Yeah, Lydia. What's more about that? What's there to tell? She was ripped to pieces. I mean, claw marks blood everywhere and to bring the vicar in give her the rights you know quick mm-hmm. did she say anything before no. she passed of course I, I not I didn't hear a word pass through her lips but by the time I'd seen her the vicar and a few others from the village had been there before me and maybe they heard her say something but it uh, where was where was she found? Oh, just on the edge of the village. How could we find this vicar uh, in the evening hours? I would imagine he'd be at the church. I don't really, uh, <clears throat> I don't really attend regularly. You understand? Were we, could, was the church spotable from the road? Oh yeah, it's the biggest building in town. And this uh, Lydia, how did you know her? Oh well, I mean, this is this is a small, uh, small, small place. You probably spit to the other side of it. It's not very big. Um, uh, she's John Parkinson's daughter. Or was. I mean, we went to we went to school together. Wasn't there someone else attacked as well? Uh, yeah, Osgood. The old Osgood bird. He was uh, he was attacked as well. This dog, as they call it, ripped his throat out. Where was he uh, attacked at? Uh, on his farm, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. So they'll have been uh, 
two of these attacks. On uh, three, three. This, he holds, he holds up three fingers. On this Osgood, on this Osgood plot. Well, uh, two on the Osgood plot, uh, and to be fair, two short. Uh, the man was just walking uh, down the lane, if memory serves correctly. He wasn't, he wasn't really uh, on their farm, but, uh, but yeah, sadly, uh, sadly Osgood was uh, old boy was. Uh, well, he's trying to do his work, you know. Thing came out of nowhere. He takes another drink. It's all sad. Yeah. I mean... It's not good. Didn't also have? No. No. He's left two kids and a wife behind as well. The uh, two people that came in, they uh, continue to eye your table as they drink. Off and on. They whisper to themselves. The uh, hum of the bar eventually picks back up. Do the couple look like locals or visitors? They look like locals. You don't imagine, just given your, given the time that you spent to get here, you don't imagine that anyone pops down to, to have a eat or drink here at the Laughing Horse Inn. This is probably all local folks. At least that's what it feels like. I mean, except for the people who are supposedly possibly following us. I mean, you said that, not me. The tall man uh, takes his pocket watch out of his uh, vest and says, Well, I uh, work in the morning, understand? Right, of course. Thank you. It, it was an enjoyable conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Brian Walters. Oh, Brian Walters. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for the information. You're welcome. Uh, again... Nobody goes out at night, and definitely not during the full moon. I mean it. You can feel the uh, the wave of um, alcohol hit you as he kind of projects his voice a bit. We're nothing if not careful. We wouldn't do something so foolish. Doctor rolls his <laughs> eyes so hard they fall out. <laughs> necessarily see the moon coming in, did we? You did not. It was super cloudy and stuff, right? It was. I don't suppose there's a calendar in the bar. No, but there's the bar's filled with a bunch of farmers who probably know the lunar cycle. Has Brian left yet? Uh, he's putting on his coat and hat. I do not suppose you know when the uh, next full moon is going to occur? Oh, uh, he just puts on his hat and kind of straightens his jacket. Starts tonight. He reaches for the doorknob. Hey, be safe, monsieur. Oh, I plan to. Oh, he's going to die. Because, of course, it's a full moon when we arrive. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing tonight. Howling <laughs> at the moon? Going on a hunt. <laughs> That's right. I was just about to say, I think it's time to uh, check on the gear and make sure everything is operational. <laughs> uh, what what time of day is it? Clock on the wall says that it's 630. It's about dark. It's February, so yeah, getting closer to it, yeah. How many rooms did we have? You have three rooms. Well, should we uh, convene to our room and uh, discuss our next steps? Check our gear? Yeah. <laughs> I think it is a good idea. I can't wait to hear him. Yeah, let's go upstairs. Yeah, once again, thank you for the uh, wonderful meal. Oh, yeah, uh, Alice nods to you. Uh I'll, uh, I'll clean up and just uh, enjoy your evening. Are all the rooms the same size? Is there anything? Are any of them larger? No, they're all they're all roughly the same size. They're not large by any means, but you have enough beds to house all of you. They're basically double bunks, each one of them. So, well, last time we we met in the library room, so I guess I'll go to I'll go to the other rooms first. Well, I'll go to my room first and um, take the time to spread all the stuff out on the bed, make sure everything's nice and dry, and tend to any mechanical or provisional needs that I might have until people decide that they want to meet up. Okay. So Lillian and uh, maybe you guys have a room together, uh, but since you haven't left the, base, the, the, uh, the ground floor as far as I know, are you sticking around downstairs or are you heading up? Oh, I'm heading upstairs. 
I gotta get all my books out and stuff that I think I might need. Same, but not the books. <laughs> Doctor makes his way upstairs, slowly but surely. Okay. I make my way upstairs and try to figure out what the uh, bathing arrangements are like. Been on the road all day. Yeah. There is a single bath here. It's a communal one. And so it's at the end of the hall. If you want to get, uh, you know, properly clean, then that's what you'd have to use. Miss Lane, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll, please, as you head upstairs? It's, it's a 63 out of 68. You see one of the one of the men at the bar. Uh, he seems to seems to watch you walk over. Yeah, he he pays fairly close attention to you directly. Not in a menacing sort of way, but just everyone else has seemed to come back to what they're doing, and he has he focuses on you a little bit, and then eventually turns his eyes back to. His, his beer. I was going to say, well, he's, if I notice that he's like looking at me or whatever, I'll just like make sure to like look at him. Like, I know you're looking at me. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't break eye contact when you look at him. He, he accepts that you have seen that he is watching you and he does not, you know, he doesn't stop looking. I'm not going to be the first one to look away unless it's me. Oh. Like, you know, a wall, you know, going past a wall. <laughs> so you bump into a wall, no? Knock <laughs> <laughs> over more shelves, right. break glasses. Trip going up the stairs. <laughs> you ha- head upstairs, continuing to kind of keep your eye on him, and he eventually looks back towards his meal and his beer. As you're continuing to watch, you see Alice come over and kind of um, like swat him almost and you hear her mumble something about you know leave her alone and then, yeah you go upstairs she's pretty yeah but see I just assume everybody has you know is either like following us or being creepy so I try and be creepy back you know kind of thing sure so the uh, investigators eventually coalesce in a room, uh, unless Mr. Forsyth is going to clean up first before that happens. If so, I got to clean up before that happens. Okay, so we'll just redline that. You clean up. The group of you get together in one of the rooms, and there you are, together in a room, the six of you. So tell me, what exactly is the plan? I'm by the door feeling people want to go out and get killed. I did change my clothes, though. No, I I don't think that's the uh, plan. Oh. Are we going hunting? The plan is to go out and hunt a creature of some type. That sounds like it's a werewolf, but that could be completely off. Well, if you put it up to me, it's late. We've been on the road all day. We have almost no information. And frankly, it's going to be a full moon. We have enough information. It's going to be a full moon for several more days. <laughs> Three days. Yes, but if we go tonight, we can go check the Osgood place tonight. We can check the Smith place tomorrow, or short place, sorry, tomorrow night and then uh, see where we go from there because if two of the attacks happened at the Osgood estate or farm or whatever they call it here then I would think that would be the first place to look so Jack mentioned the word werewolf do any of us know what werewolves are uh, that's an occult role okay I'm occult rolling do it do it. Me too. <laughs> I just think it's a puppy. 52 out of 83. So, Maeve, you would have heard of legends of humans that uh, were either cursed or through potentially some sort of alchemical solution turned into half man, half beast. Uh, there's, there are lycanthropes and, and werewolves and legends, of course, um, and you being fairly well-read in those legends, 
know that there are certain ways that can they can be stopped for, for sure. Um, there are an abundance of things. You, you doubt you have many of them on hand, but, but yeah, you know something. The rest of you know literally next to nothing. And I'm assuming that the only reason that Doyle knows the word werewolf is because he probably read it in a dime store pulp novel. That, or I saw the uh, 1913 silent film, The Werewolf. Either way. Yeah, possible. Well, if you think that it's a possible werewolf, which it does kind of sound like, are there even wolves in this area, first of all? Second, I don't know how many silver items we have. They have a weakness to silver, by the way. So how does one become a werewolf? Are they, like, born that way? Well, it depends where where the legend or the myth comes from. Uh, you can drink water from a paw print of a wolf. Uh, you can be bitten or scratched and become a werewolf. So we're assuming that if this is indeed possible, that it is a half-man, half-wolf walking around on its hind legs. If it's in its full werewolf state, yes. If it... I mean... If it's not the full moon, like tomorrow during the day, if we're out walking around, it's going to be just looking like whoever. So it could be anyone that we've already met. Potentially. I start, like, you know, shining my shotgun. Well, regular bullets aren't going to do too much. Uh, Might slow it down. I just need to run faster than that. Hey, um... Out of character, does anybody uh, have natural world or something like that? Because uh, out of character, as a player, I know that wolves have been extinct in England, Scotland for a couple hundred years at this point. That's correct. <laughs> well, and that's kind of why I was like, are there even wolves out here? You know. But we're not from England, so. Right. This is true. So in my head, I'm thinking that these things sound a lot like the like the loop but mm-hmm. the i mean as far as as far as the stories that they told it was like french catholics that didn't that broke lent became yeah. a world for seven years or something like that so i'm thinking about that church again yeah <laughs> it's like is it was that a catholic church i'm gonna have to go to that church i'm just thinking to myself while they're talking about werewolves yeah it's probably a church of england mademoiselle O'Shea. uh what was it you were saying about uh, silver? So they are they have a weakness to silver. Silver can kill them. It can stop them. Do you believe then that one of these village elves is a what did you call them? A velvoof? Potentially. Hey, Mike, do I have any silver nitrate in my medical bag currently? I'd say that's likely. Okay. I pull that out, put it on the table next to a syringe. While it is not ideal, this is silver. Um, Maybe your occult sense would tingle and probably say that while it is silver... It probably would have to go through an alchemical refinement process to be made into either bullets or a weapon. It, you know, you're you lack probably the a the experience to make them or b uh, the tools. Uh, this first man that was attacked, or that was the one who was zapped. You said he was the blacksmith, correct? No, he was a wheelwright. I look at Forsyth. Yeah, he's he would he would have a blacksmith. He would have a forge. That would be the last person attacked, Harold Short. He was no right. Even though that's silver, we either have to somehow make bullets with it or a weapon of some sort. We could not inject it into him or her. Not that I know of. Just an idea. I think I would like to uh, take a look at this, uh, this main shop. Perhaps there is some of this metal nearby. Given the time of day, and given that Harold Short is probably not here, at least from 
what you've been told, he's not here. Right, that it's probably closed and right. and abandoned at the moment. I know. I'm keeping that in mind. It's the best time to poke around. I mean, I did want to uh, speak to this vicar. Straton? Straton? Straton. So what are we doing? I am not saying that I want to go uh, hunting. Perhaps a reconnaissance mission. I think there are some places that we could get some information without disrupting the local populace. I apologize, Miss Lane. I did not mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Fine. I'm used to it for Mr. Forsythe. Um, so most, it's, since it's after dark or getting to be after dark, we probably don't want to go knocking on strangers' doors. So that kind of stuff should wait till morning, I would think, as Mr. Forsythe suggested previously, but it probably wouldn't be a terrible idea to do some reconnaissance aka hunting if it comes comes to that. Do your miss say anything about these things uh, being bulletproof? Um, well, they're not as far as I can tell, they're not bulletproof per se but it doesn't really hurt them. I just want to I just want to clearly state the problem before we start making these plans. We're perhaps looking for a supernatural monster that doesn't get hurt by bullets. Uh-huh. That only gets hurt by silver. Supposedly. When we have no silver on us and with precious little information. I think we can wait one day to talk to the vicar and I, I agree. Oh, I don't shit. agree with him often. I, I don't agree with him often, but I agree. We probably need some more information before we go. As much as I like running headlong into danger and, you know, pointing things at things and shooting people in backs. Um, we should Brother, probably ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> you still don't know. I don't think. You, you don't know. That's very true. Uh, this is true. <laughs> He was polishing your shotgun. You you did get back spasms for whatever reason. You're not sure why. I agree. We should wait till tomorrow. Um, and as much as I, you know, really look to me for advice and, and knowledge, I it'd be nice to get some more information from the locals and maybe find more silver. If the plan is, the quote-unquote plan, is to doss down, sleep, get up in the morning, and then go shake loose what information you can about the three names that you have great uh, and then if uh, Simone if your plan is to go out at night that's fine too I just need to know kind of where we're at for the for uh, for planning purposes yeah that was that was my plan I was gonna find the uh, real right shop and poke around okay so here's what we'll do we will call the episode there and then next week when we get back together, we will foray out into the stormy night with Simon and see what potential trouble he can get into, or what things he might be able to unearth. And then we'll have a chance, uh, provided nothing strange happens, we'll have a chance to uh, do our begin our investigation. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Uh, I want to thank all of our Patreon backers who now join the show. Uh, we hope to talk to you more on our Discord server. Stop by. For those of you who have not joined the Patreon at this point, I would encourage you to do so. We have a ton of potential uh, fun gifts and cool things that you can see and, and interact and be part. So uh, have a great night and uh, stay safe. Stay safe.